debaki ororoboshi arabakataha irarabashe loboko yarataye tororoboshi eleledia Itama ye komunisi atama. Debo kundi adabashelo. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. We need to understand something. We, when we are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, do not belong to ourselves. Now we can keep trying to take possession of ourselves. But when we took on his name in baptism, we said, by taking on his name in baptism, we said, if you will give your innocent blood for me, I will give my life to you.
I'm making a trade. If your innocent blood will keep me from death that I deserve, then I will receive your innocent blood and in exchange give you my life. I choose to become your the King James uses the word servant most of the places. The translation in the Greek is slave. He becomes my master. That means he tells me what to do, when to do it, when not to do it. When to go to bed, when to get up. I belong to him. And every time I take myself out of his hands and seek to run my own life, I am stepping into the possibility of iniquity. He's a good master. He's a good master. Paul called himself a prisoner. He was pretty associated with being in prison. He called himself a prisoner unto the Lord. Praise God. When we come together... I'm thankful for this privilege. When we come together and we purpose that he is our focus. And he is the reason and we set our attention and our affections on him. This was not dramatics in any way, shape or form tonight. This is, as you know, waiting on the Holy Ghost. And as we were praying, I could feel, spiritually feel, opposing spirits try to come and press. And as you continued to wait and pray, I would feel those things break. And... We need to understand by the Spirit of the Lord giving us understanding, not our intellect. But by the Spirit of the Lord giving us understanding, if we will avail ourselves to Him, make ourselves available to Him in prayer. When we come together like this, whether two or three or whether 30 or 40, or somewhere in between or beyond that, if we will, of a single mind, come and avail ourselves to the Lord and begin to wait on Him and let His Spirit lead us in prayer, we fellowship Him, we're, we're waiting on the leading of the Holy Ghost, we're praying by the leading of the Holy Ghost, we're giving ourselves to spiritual, His Spirit, utterance, we're letting the Spirit of God direct us. Where do you want to take us, Lord? We're going where you choose to take us. We're, we're, how you want to use us. We're, it's not our choice. It's your choice, God. How do you want to use us? I'm not coming for me. I'm coming for you. How do you want to use us? I'm going to tell you as we do so and we begin to pray, there can no unclean spirit abide. It's what I felt in the Holy Ghost as we were praying. That I felt the Holy Ghost say, if you'll avail yourself in places of prayer, and when you come together, I will, this probably is not the right words, I'm, I will so saturate the atmosphere with my spirit and with my power that no unclean spirit can abide there. You won't have to say a word in terms of addressing it. 
you can just fellowship me and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost as I lead you. And as my spirit begins to manifest itself, it will drive out unclean spirits. It will drive out impure thoughts. It will drive out sickness and affliction and disease. It's the power of the Spirit of God as we begin to simply fellowship Him and set our attention and affection on Him. Because what happens is, the Scripture says of the Lord, I think it's in Hebrews, our God is a consuming fire. When we begin to pray together, in the Spirit, waiting on the Holy Ghost, being led of the Holy Ghost. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. You say, but I don't even know about, you don't even have to know, He knows. He knows. I'm telling you, while we were praying, I, I saw shackles on people's minds break. I'm not taking credit for that. He did that. It's the power of the Spirit of God ministering. If we're willing to avail ourselves to that. Amen. Praise God. I'm glad you're here tonight. It's good to see you on this beautiful Thursday night. God bless you. You can say hello to somebody and you can be seated. In Jesus name. Praise God and grab your Bible with me. What I'd like to do before we go into the Word, and we'll see, we'll see where we go in the Word. I might just have to hold that for... Um, I would... I would like um, Brother Joey and Sister Stephanie to maybe come for a minute and sit right up here on this front seat. And then maybe um, I could get Brother Jerry and Sister Erminia uh, to come and sit. My daughter will move over there. And then Brother Jerry and Sister Erminia, if you can come sit right up here, please. Amen. Praise God. I um, a couple of weeks ago, I guess it's been about two weeks ago. Um, these these two couples and three couples, the Rodriguez and my wife and I, um, spent a, a a Thursday night, a Friday, and a Friday night uh, together. Um, in a place of ministry, and the Lord really, the Lord really did minister to all of us. Um, I think they would testify to that. But what I want to ask them to do specifically is each take one to two minutes. And I'm going to be very directive here, okay? So if you're going, I don't know what He wants us to talk about. I'm going to be very directive about what I'd like you to talk about. We we had a very uh, and I know you guys talk with these people, so some of you may have heard some of these things already, but um, probably one of the most profound sessions on fasting that I've heard in my life. And I mean that. 
Um, and I've studied myself. I've read multiple books by apostolic, non-apostolic people on fasting. I, I heard things I'd never heard in my life before, and it was profound. There was such a witness of the Holy Ghost on it. And so what I'd like each of them to do is take just a minute or two and talk about something from that portion about fasting, how it marked them. It may be different or it may be the same. I'm really getting their wheels turning now. They're going, I don't know. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start here with Brother Lewis and then Sister Julia, follow him. And then we'll come here to the Mercados and then we'll come to the Adelics. And so Sister Armenia has got time to talk to Jerry about what they want to say. So. Um, so Brother Lewis, come just take a minute. What stood out to you about fasting and the ministry of that regard? Amen. Uh, yeah, there was so much uh, about that, but there was something that stood out to me that uh, uh, Brother uh, Dobbs <laughs> and Brother Dobbs was uh, talking about, he was talking about this story about uh, when he was younger in ministry and uh, he was at the church praying and uh, he felt like there was, you know, spirits coming in and out and that that place was, you know, definitely there was a spiritual presence there that wasn't of the Lord. And uh, as he began to pray, there was no, it seemed like he was getting nowhere. You know, those spirits were just coming in and out and then. He said that, you know, people that would come in there could witness that, you know, they felt that. And he said that he would go and he would pray and it seemed like he was getting nowhere and uh, he would feel them coming in and he'd feel those shadows and uh, he'd feel those spirits, you know, just uh, slamming doors, things like that. And, you know, it, it really uh, put fear inside of him. And as he began to pray, um, he said that the Lord had given him a vision. And uh, as God uh, gave him this vision, he told him to uh, he told him to get up and look in the mirror. And as he started, uh, as he glanced in the mirror, he didn't know what he was going to see. You know, he was kind of like, oh, man, should I stand or not? You know, these things are kind of just coming against me. And he didn't know what to expect. But as he went and he seen inside that mirror, he seen this old or uh, not an old, but a skinny man inside that that mirror, real skinny and just uh, how did it say? Uh, uh, real thin. And uh, it almost seemed like uh, the man hadn't eaten, you know, for a long time. He was just withering away almost bones, and uh, I could relate to that, you know, uh, my boss always tells me to be careful with them, you know, sometimes when I, when I move them and stuff, you know, he's so thin, and uh, he hasn't been able to gain any weight, and uh, so I could relate to that, what he was saying, you know, in that story, but as he began to say, uh, the Lord quickened him and told him, you know, what is this? And the Lord tells him, that's you, your soul. And he told him, apologize. Apologize to him. Because he had gone so long without feeding his soul. And it was withering away. And it touched my heart because I could see my soul that way. And there's something that comes from fasting and waiting on God. Amen. Of nourishing your soul in him. He's the only one that can do that. 
Amen. I can't just pick one thing that stood out to me um, <clears throat> about the the fasting ministry. It's been uh, since I've been back. I've been. I've, it's changed me. It marked me and changed me. And um, I will say though that Elder Hart, before we went, he asked us to fast, and um, I picked a day of fasting. And by the end of that day, I was my flesh was throwing a temper tantrum, um, and. You know, I do really good when Elder Hart asks us to, to fast, but having a life of fasting, being committed to that and making that sacrifice willingly on a consistent basis is an area that I have struggled in. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I've been praying, I'm reading the word, I'm going to church, I'm doing what I got to do. And so you just, it's a thing left undone easily because you feel like you're, you're doing okay, you're, you're not backslidden you know maybe I'm not the best at fasting but you know we all have our things um but I remember being in my room kind of uh feeling sad about it and I'm like god I can't fast one day this is ridiculous you know and um the Lord just began to speak to me and he says because you don't do it and um he told me to schedule fasting and I remember hearing things in the past and teachings about having a consistent life of fasting and how to do that and how to schedule that and so I did I I filled my calendar up and just said that's what I'm going to do that's what I'm going to commit to and if the Lord does more then that's what I'll do and it was just amazing that when we went that Friday and he started to speak about fasting he started talking about scheduling fasting and it was like the Lord was like okay I'm confirming with you what I had spoke to you and um and I had actually scheduled the time that Elder Hart had asked us to fast. It's like, God, God says, you're going to be fasting these days, so let's schedule those. <laughs> but um, uh, it changed my life. And the fasting, it, it is, it feeds you. Uh, it strengthens you. I feel, I feel renewed and strengthened in the spirit because of that fasting time. So um, it was a wonderful time. I um, I know for me, when I had, uh, you know, probably like many of you, when you hear that word fasting, it's like, um, I, I was recalling earlier in my walk, you know, and coming to church and thinking that first concept, and I was like, you know, I'm gung-ho, like, I'd go for it, and I was like, you know, nothing, and my wife is just like, you're like, not even making it, I'm at school, and just kind of like, you know, just not knowing how to do this, right? So um, I, I'm recalling those times and and going up there again, you know, participating in fast prior. I recall a lot of my mindset is for me. I'm fasting for me. I'm thinking to myself, all right, I've got to get you know, all this carnality out of the way so I can hear the Lord speak and really be in tune. And, you know, while that is the case, that will happen. Um, as Brother Dobbs began to speak and, and minister there, hearing the individuals and seeing the need of the body of Christ in another place that's not here, I was thinking, fasting's, you know, it shouldn't, shouldn't be focused always for me. Most of the time, it should be for others. You know, I left there and was thinking, you know, if I, if I committed to this, if I, if I joined and I said, I'm going to fast for however long the Lord wanted me to, and it, I had no gain personally for myself, would I be willing to do it? And I left that meeting thinking, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I've, often, I've often thought of that where, you know, again, my earlier or walk and, or just, you know, the, the newness of that, it's, it's always that self. How can I do that? And, and it's good intention, but the Lord was bringing my mind to a place that said, okay, you're going to get some benefit from it, yes, but it's beyond you now. It's for the other individuals. Um, and, and I'm grateful for that. And that's something I'm taking forward, right? Am I willing to fast for other people? Am I willing to stand in the gap for them to, to take that time to suffer in this flesh for other people? Um, and I don't think I could have said that going up. I think I, I would have struggled with that. So I'm grateful. I like how you brought our like earlier walk in there because I was like, what, what was different 
what was different then than now? And I think it then it was like when you first come in and, and you learn of the Lord, it's you're hungry for him, right? Whatever it takes, I'm just hungry. I can't remember where you guys led us into, like a seven-day fast. It was like we were still new, and we were like four days in, I remember that. But it was, it was like that. We were just hungry for God, and whatever, whatever it took, nothing was more important than getting to the place where he could increase in me. Um, so um, it, was, it was a nice reminder because I think uh, fasting for me had become maybe more casual. I don't know if that's, if that's the right word for it, but routine, but even like, um, oh, I'll fast, but I'll have a cup of coffee. It didn't really, it wasn't really a true sacrifice for me personally, I guess, because I'm like, oh, I'll have, I'll have this, or like, um, I'm gonna, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll have dinner, which is, which is good, and I'll touch on that, because Brother Dobbs touched on that, but for me, I had to know what is dying to the flesh for myself. He talked about dividing the flesh, you know, from the spirit where your flesh, you get to that point where your flesh doesn't care anymore. It's just like, I want a hamburger. And like we giggle because it's like, oh, I've been there. <laughs> you know, like I just want that hamburger. But that's the place where we need to be where the flesh doesn't care anymore. It doesn't have a say in what the Lord wants to do for that time of fasting. And um, in that decrease, God gets the increase. Uh, but something I took away was what he talked about is a lot of people come to him and say, oh, that's really great. That's great that, you know, fasting, it, it can do all these things and God can be increased and your spiritual man can um, grow and strengthen. But I can't do that because of health reasons, because of this medication or what that. He said, the Lord knows. He knows your makeup. He knows your situation and he knows what is a sacrifice to you and so maybe missing one meal that that is it for you and he honors that just as if you you had fasted the whole day or he talked about if you have medication and you need to eat some food with your medication then then do it but then continue on your fast um we all we all have um we all can participate in some way or manner and god honors that um on where we, uh, I guess, where we meet him with that. So that's what I took away. Um, the thing that I took from over there was I didn't really have, like, an understanding. Like, I knew fasting was important, um, but I didn't fully understand um, I knew there was like a bigger meaning to it and I didn't I didn't know that um, so he shared like everything that they said like it was um, it was really good and that's how I like I took from it it was it was so powerful what he was sharing and but one of the things that he shared was a, a dream that he had and it I'm going to butcher it because I don't remember all of it. But it was <laughs> the ones that were there, they know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so he he had mentioned how when he was fasting, he had a dream. This way. And he, um, you know, he was taken to this beautiful steps. And up at the steps, um, God was up there waiting for him. And it just made me realize, you know, the when we fast, like Brother Joey said, it's not what we originally think it was. Like, he was excited to see Brother Dobbs, and he was just like, you don't have to wait that long to, to see me. And it just, <laughs> it kind of made me realize, like, there's whatever God, his purpose is for our fast, the, the, for me, it's just being with him. It's just setting everything else aside and just, and so, yeah, I'm going to stop before I cry. So, yeah. <laughs> That's what I got. Um, what I got from it, and Lewis and my wife talked about it, looking at the spiritual man, you know, I 
I work out. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> but looking at the spiritual man um, in the mirror, he was pale, thin, and it looked like he was dying. So when I walked into my fast, I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take food. You know, but I also wasn't taking into consideration what am I feeding my mind? What am I, is there anything that I'm, I'm holding against someone, you know, on the job or um, is someone bugging me? And God forbid in church too. So it, it taught me to separate myself from what my mind wanted, what my flesh wanted. And being excited that there is a place that God is inviting each and every single one of us to. He desires our heart. And he wants to meet us each and every single moment of the day, you know, if that's possible. You know, I can't do that driving a forklift. So, yeah. <laughs> so just what Brother Dobbs talked about, you know, getting off of this horse and walking up these white ivory steps. And this, uh, he described him as a bearded man and getting off of, uh, you know, waiting by a bed and just going over to brother uh, to Bishop Dobbs and just hugging him, embracing him, just telling him, you know, I've, I've missed you. Like, I wanted to see you. Um, it broke me. It's like, how often have I put God aside? How often have I just walked my fast and I'm excited, you know, for what's for dinner? Or I'm packing my, my breakfast. I'm getting ready to think, you know, what am I going to get at Safeway for my snacks tomorrow? It's, it made me focus more on how I want to be just with God. I want to be alone with him. Thank you all. I know I just, pre- I didn't give them any warning tonight, so I appreciate that very much. Uh, we, um, we're going to seek to have recording available to you of that teaching on fasting. Um, so just stay tuned there. It's important. Um, it was very powerful. I'm not going to try to add anything to what they each have shared. Um, it was just spot on and beautiful. I appreciate it very much. Um, it definitely changed our perspective on it. Uh, I'm going to share one thing I took from it that was that has just stayed with me. Brother Dobbs shared how. And as he walked through the word with it, these things, he walked through the word. He talked how fasting, it, it's like it's an unstopping of a well. That as the spirit man begins to die, it's this unplugging of a well and there begins to be a flow again. And fasting creates that. And he shows in the word, very, very beautiful. I'll, I'll give you a teaser to the ministry. He he went into the Old Testament and he pulled out a scripture there that talks about fasting in a passage where the people of Israel were and what God did through that. And uh, Brother Dobbs is a a student of the word. Um, Most places you read about in scripture, especially in the New Testament, he's been to all of them and studied and researched and gone into the historical and but he pulled this place out of the Old Testament where they went on a fast and what it was doing. And he took the Hebrew word that they used for fasting. And then he showed how every, in, in the Hebrew language, every letter has its own definition. Beyond the definition of the word, each letter in the Hebrew language has a definition. And he showed how each letter of the word described what a fast was and did. The beauty of the word of God. To be so exact that way. Very, very powerful. We're going to seek to get that to you. Um, It it is important. It is important. Uh, I think it's Isaiah 53 that talks about where the prophet of the Lord said, Is this the fast that I have chosen? People were fasting like I think Brother Joey said for me. But the Lord said, no, I've chosen that you would give your bread to the hungry. That you know, I didn't choose a fast for you to afflict your soul. You know, like Brother Joey again says, you know, oh, man, I'm fast. You know, Jesus said, when you fast, wash your face. Don't appear unto men to fast. 
right? And so uh, this is something we should, we really should give ourselves to fasting consistently. Um, we need wisdom, we need accountability, but as much as we need to be in prayer and we need to be in the Word, we should be giving ourselves to fasting. And uh, um, I, I think you just got to schedule it just to really, you really do. If you just go, ah, I don't feel like it today, maybe tomorrow. I promise you tomorrow you won't feel like it either. Or you'll go to work and they'll have Krispy Kremes. That's how that works. Is that the truth? So I, I do want to read a passage of scripture. I'm aware of the time, uh, but I, I, I feel like I want to read this. Um, the second I say I'm probably not going to say much, I will, so I'll be careful. But I, Do we understand we are not just marking time? That makes sense to you when I make that statement. We're not just marking time. We're not just going. I made it to another service on a Thursday night. Uh, you know, I made it to the last Thursday night service of of June. Now I'm gonna next time it'll be so. I made it through June. I mark my calendar. I we're not just marking time. We have, by God's grace, been drafted into, the more proper term would be grafted into. We have been grafted into the vine. At this time, at this time in all of time, God chose us to graft into the vine. We read Hebrews 11 they all had their time. But the Bible says they're not complete without us. And so this is our time in God's time. And so we're not just marking time. We're here with purpose. He has purpose for us. So we understand that and then we recognize the hour that we're living in. By God's grace, it's late. We recognize that. The signs of the times are all around us. And we can, we can go through motions if we're not careful. We could play church. We could check our list so that our conscience is appeased. Or we can understand, no, 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 God has grafted me for purpose I am here. This is now my life. I don't belong to myself, like I said at the outset. I belong to him. Everything else in my life is secondary. My job is secondary. My, yeah, my family is secondary. And I'm not saying I kick my family to the curb, you understand? Everything is secondary to him. And what he wants of my life. Everything. I'm not just marking time. And uh, because of that, this place in Scripture has. I'm not even sure what God's doing with me with this place in Scripture, to be honest. But I'm compelled to read it. Okay. That's my. Intro. Daniel chapter 9. And as you follow along, please. May God grant us grace to hear what he's wanting us to hear. Not just be reading. You understand the difference, but to hear. I want to hear. Daniel chapter number 9 and verse number 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. Verse 2. 
In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel. See, now we've, now we've got the, the child of God in the picture. And we see who's writing, talking. I, Daniel, understood. I want you to notice what he says. I understood by books the number of the years. You know what Daniel's saying? He's saying, I recognized what time I was living in because of what the Word of God helped me to understand. That's what Daniel said. I understood by books the number of the years. And you'll see this a little more clearly now as we read. Whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. So he's pointing back and he's saying, hey, I recognize the time based on what I've read because of what Jeremiah prophet spoke that was recorded. And so now I I, I understand the years. I, I realize where we're at. Does that make sense? This is what he's saying. That he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Verse 3. Now watch. Because, and this is where I'm compelled. And like I said, I don't understand yet what the Holy Ghost is doing here. But I'm just reading to you. So Daniel understands where they are in time. Not just him. The people of Israel. In this place of the Chaldeans. They're not in Israel. They were just there temporarily. But he understood the time because of the word of God. So what did he do once he understood the time? Verse 3. Here's what he did. I set my face unto the Lord God. To seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Daniel set his face to pray. He didn't go. I could tell things were crazy in the world, so I tried to make time to pray every once in a while. I could tell it was getting late in this thing that Jeremiah had prophesied about, so I just tried to make it a point along the journey when I had a chance to pray. The Scripture says Daniel understood the time, And so he set his face to the Lord God to pray. That speaks to me of a conviction that was in him about where he was. And about if he did not get a hold of God, what could or would happen. And so he set his face to the Lord God. To seek, he was seeking prayer by prayer, supplications, fasting. Verse 4, watch, he says... I prayed to the Lord my God, and I made my confession. And I said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love Him, to them that keep His commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled. And that's a lot. Daniel is not just talking to God about himself. You understand? Daniel is talking to God about the condition of the people of God. Israel. He's talking to God about those that God has given a promise to. He's talking to God about those that God has chosen. That are in a place of bondage. Not where they're intended to be. But Daniel's recognizing the time. And because of that, he determines, I must pray. I must get a hold of God. I must set my face to talk to God. I've got to push the plate away. I've got to somehow seek the face of God. And he begins by confessing. And he says, number one, we've sinned. We've committed iniquity. We've done wickedly. We've rebelled. How did you do all these things? Watch Even by departing from your precepts and from your judgments. Neither have we hearkened to your servants, the prophets, which spake in your name to our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Daniel's saying, 
your word came to the kings and they shared it. And then the princes and they shared it. And then our fathers and they shared it. And finally it came to the whole land and we still haven't responded. We've departed from your word that came so many times, so many ways. I think he's broken. Verse 7. O oh Lord, righteousness belongs to you. But to us, confusion of faces. As at this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, to all Israel that are near, that are far off, through all the countries, whither you've driven them, because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against you. O oh Lord, to us belongs confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgivenesses, even though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us by his servants the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed your law even by departing that they might not obey your voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us and the oath that is written in the law of Moses the servant of God because we have sinned against him. And he hath confirmed his words which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil for under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses all this evil has come upon us yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God. And they're in a rough spot aren't they? And Daniel is crying out to God about all of this. He said, all this stuff has happened. Here we are in bondage. Evil's come upon us. We recognize we've transgressed the word of God. We realize that all the stuff that Moses said was going to happen is what's happening to us. We see this. And even with all of this, even with all this evil that's come upon us, we still haven't made our prayer to the Lord that we might turn from our iniquities and understand truth. Verse 14, therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he does. For we obeyed not his voice. And now, O Lord our God, thou hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand. Has gotten thee renowned as at this day. We have sinned. We have done wickedly. I like verse 16. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now, therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications and cause your face to shine upon your sanctuary that's desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes, behold our desolations in the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you for our righteousnesses, but for your great mercies. Daniel is interceding on behalf of a people that know the word of God, but are not walking in it. He's interceding. And he says there where we read in verse 18, Lord, I'm not praying because we've done righteously. I'm praying because you have great mercy. 
I'm appealing to your great mercy. I'm not trying to come to you like we've done some good stuff and we did, but I'm appealing to your great mercy for your people. I'm appealing to you because you put your name on this people. I'm appealing to you once again. Turn your anger away from us and one more time let your mercy reach to us. Daniel is interceding on behalf of a people. Why? Because he recognized the time that it was. And he determined, I'll be the man that sets my face on the Lord God. I'll be the man that pushes away a plate and fasts. I'll be the man that prays until. I'll be the one that intercedes. But God, by your great mercies, reach to us. Reach to us. I was talking to the Lord here tonight earlier. And I found myself, I guess because these words are in my spirit, I found myself praying for our nation. I'm no Daniel, mind you, but understand I was just marked by these words. And, but I found myself praying for the church. I wasn't praying for the lost necessarily like we would consider the heathen. I was praying for the church. God, we... We have your word, not, not just the Old Testament, but the New Testament. We, we have your word, God, and yet we still order our own lives about. And God, we have your spirit, and yet we still walk according to our own flesh and our own desires. God, you've given us freedom of access to the holiest of holies in your presence, and yet I'm too busy to spend time with you. God, you've done it. I feel the cry of Daniel reaching for the people of God, declaring You've done these things and yet we become consumed with the world about us. And we find ourselves so consumed with the world about us that we don't even take advantage of these precious things handed to us. And so I pray, oh God, by your great mercy, don't judge us just yet, but I pray once again, reach to a church that knows your word. Reach to a people that have heard your name. Reach to those that have been called by your name. Bring us back into a place of right relationship that can change the atmosphere of our valleys and the atmosphere of our nation and the atmosphere of our world. A church that will humble itself, repent of our sins, and call on the name of the Lord that He would heal our land. Daniel was interceding for the people of God. Listen, verse 19. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not or don't wait. Lord, not for our sake, for your own sake. Is he saying? These Chaldeans know we're called the people of God. For your sake, Lord, a testimony for your name's sake. Oh, my God, for your city, your people are called by your name. Now watch this. I want you to see the result. Now, I don't think that those, I don't think those 19 verses and really only uh, starting from verse 4. So I don't think those 16 verses record all that Daniel prayed. I don't think it was a a 10 or 11 minute prayer. I believe the Spirit of God came upon him as he set his face to seek the Lord. And in so doing, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he began to pray. But watch verse 20. And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, or yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. 
And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. I'm going to stop there. You know, the I'll say it again. We are not marking time. We are not marking time. And we have been beautifully and wonderfully called. Like Sister Sandra talked about in Bible study tonight. We have been called for a time such as this. What a privilege that is. What an honor that is. Why don't you stand with me? So what is the Holy Ghost doing? Is he trying to pressure us? Not a chance. I believe the Holy Ghost is inviting us. Inviting us. We've got to recognize our place and our calling and our purpose in this hour. Otherwise, you know what will happen? We may become people of prayer. But we'll just go and we'll keep praying for ourselves, our stuff, our needs, what I want, what I want God to fix for me, what I want God to change for me, what I want God to do for me, what I'd like to see better in my life, what I'd like to have for myself, what I want done for my family. What You understand? I'm afraid largely in the North American church especially that's become more the pattern of prayer than seeking the face of the Lord and availing ourselves like we were doing at the outset I'm recognizing now the Lord gave us a taste at the outset and availing ourselves to Lord I'm here to seek your will I'm here to seek your face I'm here to pray what you want prayed. I don't belong to myself. You know what I need before I even ask, so I don't even need to worry about asking. I just cast my need on you. I'm praying the will and the work of God in this hour. If we, by God's great grace, ever get an understanding of what a precious, powerful privilege that is, You, in prayer, can change the world. Some of you believe that. story that Brother Dobbs shared, I can't remember if it was a vision or dream or mind's eye picture of him riding his horse. He's riding his horse and he, I'm going to tell you a little more of the detail. He, I don't remember who told, was it Sister Amania that told it? Anyway, um, and he said he rode up, it was like this beautiful, beautiful gate and this castle, palace, something that's just a beautiful abode. And he, wow, and he come riding up. And when he got to the gate, he said, you know, there were like a servant there at the gate, clearly, and took the horse. And when he got down and he addressed Brother Dobbs and said, I can't remember if he called him master or what he called him, but he said, your father's been expecting you. He's so excited to see you. And then as he went up the steps, the father, Sister Menia shared, came and said, 
I'm so glad you're here. I've been wanting to spend time with you. I've been I, I've just been here just waiting on you. I know you're busy, but I'm so glad you're here. I, I, I've just been here waiting for you. I just want to spend time with you. We're pretty busy, aren't we? It's almost like a badge of honor in our world today. I'm busy. So much going on. Sometimes you guys tell me, some of you, say, I'm sorry to bug you. I know you're busy. Forgive me for that. I mean that. Forgive me for that. I'm never too busy. You're not bugging me. Forgive me for that. I mean that with all my heart. But the Lord has all the time available. I feel him drawing us near. Make time for him. Seek his face. Let him lead us. Amen. Praise God. Lord, I thank you tonight for your goodness. I thank you for your spirit and your word. I thank you for the precious people of God. We belong to you. And what a privilege that is. We belong to you and what an honor that is. We belong to you, and what a blessing that is. Thank you for purchasing us with your own blood. You purchased the church with your own blood. Thank you. It is an honor and a privilege to be called by your name, to be sons of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the invitation tonight. Thank you for the beckoning of your spirit, gentle but sure. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I pray in this people tonight, let your word, the spirit of your word be sealed in their hearts. Where the adversary would in any way seek to take it and twist it to bring condemnation. I cast that off in the name of Jesus. And I pray, let the pure, gentle, certain word of God be set upon our hearts as you intend it. Accomplishing what you've sent it to do in us individually and collectively. That your will would be wrought in the earth. That your plan would be realized. That we would pray that which you desire to pray through us. In Jesus' name. I'll give you a revelation. The scripture says that Jesus ever liveth to do what? Anybody know? Yeah. The scripture says that Jesus Christ ever liveth to make intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Do you know that's in there? It's in the book of Romans, I'm pretty sure. Go look it up. He ever liveth. To intercede for the saints. Not according to the saints will. According to the will of God. I have a question for you. How does Jesus intercede? I, I just think he does what you and I do. I think he just prays through his own body.
And so when we who are filled with the Spirit, you understand, Daniel prayed and he did not even have the Spirit of God in him. The Spirit of God came on him. That's Old Testament. But you and I are privileged that the Spirit of God would come and dwell in us. And we can thereby yield to the Spirit of God and God will pray through us. He ever lives to make intercession for the saints. He intercedes through his own body. Amen. God bless you. Greet your brother, your sister, your friend. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.